The Open Nesters is a weekly podcast focusing on couples and individuals who are looking for new beginnings after their kids have left the nest. This week on the Open Nesters podcast with Cassandra and Chris. Am I sure this is right? You know, all of those little questions go off because instead of going with your intuition, then you start to question your intuition. You start to question your heart and you start to think, okay, wait, what about all these checkboxes? You know, those for sure safe security. Does it, does it fit this checkbox? Does it fit that checkbox? And he wasn't fitting all the checkboxes, but my heart and my intuition was like, no, this is, this is right. This is good. But my my masculine side, my logical side, the the prefrontal cortex was going in, going no no no, we must check all these boxes, and they're not all checked. Tessa, this couple is authentic, simple, and really easy to understand. Absolutely. She's an expert in sexuality, and he came into it with such innocence. Let's hear it from Cassandra and Chris. Welcome to the Open Nesters podcast, Cassandra Hope and Chris. Nice to see your smiley faces today after we've been trying to get together with you for quite a while. So Amir and I interviewed Heather Hundhausen. It's a long name. We interviewed Amir and I interviewed Heather Hundhausen back then about Tantra and sexuality. And she mentioned you way back then as someone kind of really breaking paradigms in so many ways to open up. And so as a woman who's has three children who are now in their fourth grandchild, which is quite incredible. You started young and Chris now at an open nester stage, you are to get, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, Please. each as individuals and how you came together. Let's start with that. Well, we actually met on Bumble, on the app Bumble, <laughs> about two years ago. So we met in our empty nest um, space. I, uh, my children had just all finally left the nest, and I was really coming into myself, um, getting much, much more acceptance within myself in this new phase that I was entering. And in the work that I do, it's all about that. You know, I'm a, I'm a tantric, shamanic, um, sacred sexuality coach. It's a long name. <laughs> Basically getting people um, much more connected with themselves in a space of full acceptance in every aspect of their sexuality. So when my children moved out, I was like, oh, I'm so ready to express. And as you can imagine, I, I work with men singly, women singly, and couples. Not, it's not something that every single person is ready to enter into a relationship with this kind of work. Um, so I, when I started dating again, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna put this out there. I'm going to talk about this on the first date. And we'll see where it goes from there. You know, I'll kind of gauge their reactions and their comfort level with talking about sex. And when I was talking to him about it in the very beginning, he he was just completely enamored. It was it was absolutely adorable. Um, nervous as can be on the first day. I don't know day. what I was nervous. I was <laughs> He was so nervous. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. 
you know, we were able to talk about a lot of things on our first date and be really super honest about who we are, where we're at and what we want. And I feel like I gained that in those last years of being a parent where you have, is it okay to curse on this? And just Absolutely. Okay. Where you get, you, the, the, you just don't have any fucks to give anymore. You really don't. Um, you gave them all to your kids. And now that they're gone, it's like, I'm done. So I, I wanted to enter into a relationship in such an authentic way and in the most authentic way that I could even imagine. And we managed to do it. And I'm surprised. <laughs> why, why are you surprised? Oh, yes. Why? I'm not surprised why? because of you. Um, but, you know, in my dating career, which was a long one, hence why I'm well into my 40s and just now getting married. Um, yeah, I find that there's a lot of judgment um, based on people's own insecurities and based on their own experiences in the past. Um, you know, when you, when you reach an older age and you're dating, you've had a, a good number of bad experiences in relationships. And for some, those were things like um, cheating or lying. And in the work I do, it does require for my partner to have a good amount of uh, security within themselves and also the ability to trust. And um, I, I found that in him and it's, it's, a, it's quite a gem and something that, that was really difficult um, in my journey looking for love. And I love, Krista, you that you're smiling and came into this with such innocence, it sounds like, nervous innocence. It's like beginner eyes, right? Like we call it Zen in the Zen world, kind of beginner eyes. So, well, you both yeah. showed up being authentic and letting other stuff, all the baggage kind of fall away. And yeah. it's so true when we show up fully at the stage of life, that's what makes all the difference. And, and being nervous and shy or um, not really understanding how to take this beautiful woman back and you don't want to mess it, probably was very charming and on her part. She loved <laughs> that fact that there's, this, there's some kind of a naivety of innocence about you and that's how you got together. I mean, am I correct, Cassandra? You are absolutely correct. Um, you know, I wasn't looking for someone who knew all about this suave, kind of, or that had, you know, that banged on drums under the full moon all the time or anything <laughs> like that. I wanted somebody with an open heart. And when you can show up and show your nervousness um, and show who you genuinely are, even in that, that anxiety ridden moment, um, that was something really special to me. He showed me he was authentic. Vulnerable. And, and yeah, and that's what was so absolutely beautiful about him. And something that I never, ever looked for in my younger dating years, you know, those things, I didn't even really know what they were. Um, so it, it's almost like a blessing that we met each other at this later stage in our life, because when we talk about who we were in our youth, we're like, oh God, I would have hated you. Like, we would have <laughs> not got along. Yeah. Um, but now in the, in our later years, it, it's such a, an amazing and beautiful blend. I'm, I'm so happy. That's so sweet. So back to the sexuality thing that you taught Chris, like, I'm curious, Chris, if you can elaborate on it or Cassandra, you could help him. Like 
for a man to start realizing what can I learn from from this woman that now I've, I'm really wanting to be myself with and explore more of that. How did that start for you guys? Let's end up our session with Lourdes. Oh, yes, please do. She's got an amazing story about this lady named Lourdes. Okay, oh, so God. Lourdes is is my um, my teacher. Um, Lourdes is my my amazing um, Atantra teacher. I, I learned uh, firsthand from her um, all of the basics that got me going in in this path. And so whenever I, um, I wanted him to kind of understand more in depth, not only the work that I do, but how I like to express in my own sexuality and in sex, uh, we signed up to take a course with, um, with Lourdes. I, I was like, all right, we're going to go and take a beginner's Tantra 101 with her. Um, even though I knew all this stuff, I didn't want to be his teacher. I wanted him to at least get the basics down pat by somebody else and through us experiencing it together. Um, so we went to see her and uh, it was it was so endearing because she first starts us off with eye gazing and a lot and all these practices, of course, I've been doing for years. I'm very, very well versed in them. You know, I eye gaze with people all, all day long. We start the eye gazing and I could see in his eyes this, he just dropped in to pure emotion. And she started teaching us how to breathe our energy, connect our hearts back and forth, connecting our heart and root energy, um, which is connecting the sex and the love. And we're flowing this energy back and forth with each other. And, um, and he just starts crying and uh, he got, he got all teary and, I, I had never, I had never experienced looking into eyes like that before and having them look at back at me with so much love and so much willingness and so much openness. I could even see a little bit of the fear in his eyes. He was so wide open. Then, uh, oh, actually before this, she, she was talking about some of the, you know, going through the, the more technical things and, and how um, men explore themselves sexually and how women explore themselves sexually. And I'm going to tell the part that he's laughing about. So I love Lourdes. She is an amazing teacher. Oh, yeah. Really, really cool. <laughs> she is amazing. But he could not contain himself when she pulled out a replica of a man's anatomy and started showing him the right and wrong ways to utilize his own anatomy. Meanwhile, I'm 40 years old. I've had this thing in my entire First life. First time ever going <laughs> to something like this. And Lourdes is, is even further um, further on in her years than us. So he's just like, oh my gosh, what is going on here? Um, <laughs> he knew all of this stuff about my work, but it's a little different when you're experiencing like, wow, we really talk about everything in these <laughs> sessions. Um, no yeah, limits. No, absolutely nothing is is off the table to discuss when it comes to this kind of work. Um, that's, that's the whole purpose of it is you need a place where you can go and talk about the deepest, darkest, dirtiest, hardest, most traumatizing, whatever it yeah, may be. Yeah, it's not always most like, intimate. You know, most intimate. Yeah. And it's not always it's it's not always sexual. Uh, it could be something that happened to you as a child. And you don't even realize why you do what you do. Or how it's showing up uh, in your yeah. sex life. And I've learned that through her and uh, going to like events. 
uh, speaking of an event, we went to an event called Solo Luna. Soli Luna. Soli Luna. And uh, she's telling me about it on the way there. And uh, my mind's going 100 miles an hour of everything that I thought it was going to be. He was imagining orgies and crazy stuff. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to lie, it was. And that was far from what was going on. Uh, we showed up there and they do like a beautiful opening ceremony. You know, everyone's coming out doing their stuff. And then they have these tents and inside each one of these tents is they're teaching you something, whether it be breathing or uh, eye gazing and stuff like that. And within the first 15 minutes, I was in tears. I literally was in tears. And by the end of the event, I had actually healed a wound. Uh, if you want, if you don't mind me sharing, Please. Uh, uh, my dad was, a, uh, my birth father was a really bad alcoholic and, uh, he used to beat me a lot. And he had this one time where he put me in a dress and had my, uh, brother's friends come in and yell at me, scream at me, put me down. And I remember my dad sitting on the couch telling me that no one's ever going to love you and everything else. Now, while I'm at this event, they have a little goon there and I'm sitting there in the goon and I'm doing breathing and breathing in the energy up and bringing it back down, bring it up. And Heather um, had mentioned, you know, to try to try to change the memory and bring love into that memory. I didn't know how. So I'm sitting there breathing and this random woman walked up to me and said, can I give you a rose? And in that moment, I could see my father. I could see where I was at that time. And I, I looked at my father and I said, see, this random person doesn't even know me and was, it walked up and gave me love. So you were wrong. You were wrong. And in that moment, I changed, I, I changed that memory. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Me too. Me too. It was, it was so phenomenal. I, like I said, being with her, I've learned so much, even with her friends. You really do learn a lot. You really do. So thank you for letting me share that. Thank well, we so appreciate much. it. We like to hear these kind of things on the Open Lester podcast. This is what we're about to open and to see where you're at. And you took us exactly to where you are right now. And now you are together. You seem mm -hmm. to be quite happy with each other. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's like, I mean, look at this big smile on you. And <laughs> not only that, uh, you know, you, you, I feel, I truly feel the love between the two of you. And I can see how deep and uh, authentic it is between the two of you. So now yeah. you're together. You have some kids between the two of you. Tell me how that, how, how did you mesh the families? Um, so I have three daughters who are 21, 20, no, 22, 23, and about to be 25. And he has his son who is 18. Um, we don't have any children um, between the two of us. Um, and my two of my daughters are married and each one of them has now two children, which is four grandchildren. And the amazing thing is, you know, my, my children do not have a wonderful father. Um, he turned out to be about the worst case scenario father that a little girl could have. And, um, I always was looking for someone to take that father role. And once my kids grew up, I thought, you know what, I guess, I guess it's just not meant to be, you know, they've, they've got the father they have. 
I, they've got other male, male influences in their lives. My brothers, my, my own father that are, are great for them. Um, and I had come to a place of acceptance with that. And when Chris came along, um, I, whew, I'm getting choked up talking about this. I realized that it wasn't a father that my children, that my daughters needed. They needed a grandfather for their daughters. Um, grandparents pay, play a very huge role in Absolutely. children's lives. Um, they, they don't have to, but when they do, they make a huge impact. And neither, none of my granddaughters have a grandfather for different scenarios. Um, my one son-in-law, his father had passed. My other son-in-law, his father was never in his life. And of course my daughters, their father is not in their life. So there was no grandfather for my granddaughters. <laughs> and I have my granddaughters, um, two of them live here and two live in Ohio. And I have the granddaughters here. Um, every other weekend or so, they'll come and spend the night at grandma's house. And my oldest granddaughter, who is going to be four in a couple of months, um, she at first was just kind of like, all right, you're okay. Just don't interfere with my grandma. No, no, hold on. I couldn't sit on the bed. I couldn't <laughs> sit near grandma. Like, you are, I don't care. Get away. You, you haven't, you haven't been accepted yet. Oh no. I had to work for that one. Yeah. But now, um, <laughs> whenever she sees grandma, first words out of her mouth is where's Papa? <laughs> and um there was a time that you know my daughter was going through some some stuff and she really needed help with childcare for the kids and um he had some the ability to free up some of his time and he went and he picked up my granddaughters for the day to babysit the kids for the day so my daughter could work he's been such an asset when it comes to not only being a grandfather for my grandchildren but in supporting me and being able to show up as mother and as grandmother for them too. Um, it's, it's absolutely amazing that when you, when you finally get to this place of acceptance with everything that's in your life, the gifts just start flowing in then. And you go, oh, this is the reason why it wasn't supposed to happen then. And it's okay. It's accepting where you are and accepting this the the life that you've been leading and with openness and yeah. i just watch you it's like wow how beautiful the flow that you're creating so so what um what else what else about your relationship do you think you has been instructive for the past two years you said you're about to get married yeah and <laughs> and how 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 has the path been i mean you came from different kinds of relationships and is it, a, is it a specific style relationship you practice? I mean, are, are you planning to be monogamous or do you explore other avenues? Because if you're in an open community, usually that's an op, that's a possibility. How's that working for you guys? Well, I am a straight woman and I am, I do prefer monogamy. Um, I'm very open with um, bodies and nudity. You know, we go to nude beaches. I don't care if we go to cuddle parties, you know, I'm, I'm open um, affectionately, um, but closed when it comes to um, our sex life. And yeah, I'm just with her. He's, he's monogamous <laughs> as well. Um, but we, we like to keep things. I mean, we, we like, we both prefer monogamy, but if he was to ever come to me and say, you know what, I want to talk to you about some stuff. I would at least give him an open ear. 
and we would at least have discussions about it. And it wouldn't, it's not something that's completely off the table. Um, we both have learned that sometimes it's better to open up about what we're feeling and thinking, discuss it together um, and come up with something that suits both of us. You know, that, that also comes from 25 years of failing in relationships <laughs> to realize that that usually works a lot better than just, this is a solid no across the table forever and ever and ever. Um, but yeah, we are practicing monogamy. Okay. Well, there's a very unique uh, circumstances here, simply by the virtue that you have met in the open nesting stage, uh, while you have even grandchildren, which is fascinating. So we never, I don't think we ever, Tessa, interviewed anybody that was actually developing their, uh, what's supposed to be their long-term commitment and relationship for, uh, in the open nesting stage. I mean, people have had all kids have gone and whatever, but here you are, you're getting married, you're starting literally a family. You went into your role, you, you were drafted into the grandpa role right from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is very unique. And for you, it's probably been a transition because, you know, she's, she has experienced how it is to become from a mother to a grandmother and treated, you know, taking care of children. Now she's taking care of grandchildren. And here you are coming and joining right to that stage. So now that you really don't have any kids around, I mean, what is it that you together doing to continue to enrich your lives? What is it that, uh, that besides living with an incredible, smart and beautiful coach that you can learn continuously for the rest of your life from, what is it that you have that is gluing you together beside that? Oh, I thought, I'm sorry. I was waiting. I was going to let you answer. Um, we actually are going to be taking off in January and we have bought ourselves a camper trailer, a 21 foot camper trailer, <laughs> and we are going on the road. Um, we are going to travel all around, um, taking my work throughout all the states and just exploring, um, letting go of, of everything that we have here. Uh, of course, we're going to have to come back to Florida quite often to visit the grandkids here and then to Ohio often to visit the grandkids there. Um, but besides that, we're going to be all over the United States just doing whatever Mo mobile. we want. You're going to be mobile, yeah. wow. unattached, free. Yep. Mobile, unattached, and free. What kind of work do you do, Chris, that offers you that? Uh, right now, I do Uber, and I started my own pressure washing business at the beginning of January. Uh, I was a machinist uh, for 14 years. Uh, we made airplane parts. Um, and uh, COVID hit, and they had laid off a lot of people. And they had kept me, and it just wasn't working out. Um, so I, from there, went to work at another job. Did that for about three months, and it just wasn't for me. I do Uber now, and I do pressure washing on the side and trying to grow my business. Uh, but when we're on the road, it's... Yeah. We're not, he's not going to be doing any of that, unfortunately. Cool. Um, obviously, you're good with the van and the mechanics, so that will help, yeah. right? <laughs> That's actually his job. I'm like, listen, I, this is this is a dream. Both of us had this dream. Um, my vision was was one thing. His was the other, but both of them were mobile. And I was like, I wouldn't be able to do this dream without you. 
I need you to be my rock. And, and that's what he really is in, in everything that I do. I mean, I'd be off in the freaking clouds. But, but deep down, you need a mechanic. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I need somebody oh, awesome. who grounds me, someone who can reach the, the high things because I'm only five foot. Um, <laughs> and I, I, want to, I want to learn a lot of this because I want to be able to help people. I want to be able to help more men in that aspect. Because I, I talk to men all day, especially when I do Uber. And I meet a lot of people, I like to call them fellow travelers, who are on the road to mental health and trying to get there. And I want to be someone you can talk to. Uh, I'm straightforward. I, I have a little slang. I've been around the block. So I know how to talk to people. I'm really good at it. And that's what I want to do. I want to try to help people. So by learning from what she's doing, and I'm going to be taking classes or courses, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're taking certifications. Certifications and stuff like that, because I want to be able to help. Well, you want yeah. to add value to others. You want, yeah. to, you want to kind of enhance Cassandra's work. And together, you can be a great, powerful, unstoppable team. And that yeah. is one, one wonderful, because you are the second couple that we are interviewing that have actually dropped everything. And uh, our first episode were with the Gypsy Nesters. They have <laughs> basically, they have become, they thought it's going to be one year. And they become now uh, seven or eight years now on the road. Oh, more than that. More than more that. Than they become days. travel writers. And, you know, you should listen to the episode, The Gypsy I Nesters. think I did back when you interviewed Heather. I, I grabbed a couple of other ones along the way. And I think I heard that one. So that is exactly what they've done. And it's, uh, it's ad- admirable that a couple can come together and align their dream sink their hopes and aspiration for the future and look ahead on the open road. That's exactly what you're doing. And that is exactly what open nesting is about is, is, is what the name of this episode going to be mobile unattached and free. I love that. Yeah. And, and, and I salute you for that because you are uh, authentically dream. And that is the envy of every possible person. You are actually doing it. You talking the talk and walking the walk. Kudos to you. We, uh, thank you. We actually um, wanted to test our theory because, you know, it sounds all good and dandy, but when you've been together um, only two years, um, you want to make sure that in tight situations and maybe we don't in kill the, each other. The, not, <laughs> the not most, the, the not so luxury situations that, yeah, that we can um, stand up and we can really work together well without going at each other's throats. So here's what we did before we ever bought the camper. We went and got a tent and a blow up mattress and a grill. And we went camping um, out at Itchituckney Springs, way up in North Florida. And we went camping for five days from Monday through Friday. There was nothing to do there except to camp. So we were gonna be good and bored. Um, Add on top of that, the weather was gonna be getting down in the 50s and 60s and it was going to rain. Yep. Um, so we were there with uh, just camping in a tent, bored out of our minds, with cold weather, rainy, and we had a great time together. I was quite <laughs> and I surprised. was like, oh my gosh, we're going to be able to do this. Like, we didn't kill each other. We rocked this. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Like, we were, as we're doing it, I'm like, I've, ne- I've been on camping things with people and by the end, I'm like, dude, I, I can't do this. You're nuts. You have some issues. <laughs> and with her, it was, all right, where are we going again? Yeah. <laughs> it was cool. 
Yeah, yeah, we, we, we blend so easily. And uh, they say that about Scorpio and Virgo. Um, Scorpio and Virgo work very well together. And, you know, a relationship is work. It's, it's kind of like a business partnership. You know, you're, you're blending your assets together, your liabilities together, your cash flow comes together, your mission comes together. All of that comes together just like it would with business partners. To, so to have somebody that you feel strong, you can work with, that's such a core foundation for a relationship to be successful. And, and, it, and any time did you ever feel in the last two years that you're about to have a breakdown and this is all going to evaporate and not going to live through? Was there any point in that relationship in the last two years that that happened? Yeah, we had some struggles. Um, it was right around the time with COVID and you know his, his work, they were laying people off left and right. He was absolutely miserable there. And you know, I, especially with what I do, I know what that does to a body. And I know that what that does to a mind, what it does to a psyche, what it does to your whole life. Um, so when he was ready to leave it and, and try for this, this other position that he was offered, I was in complete support of it. And when he did that, he was working 12 hour days, six days a week. And I really didn't see him that much. And honestly, being such a single independent person that I am, I was like, I'm not gonna have any problem with that. I mean, I have, I, I've only lived with other partners three years of my whole adult life. So I was like, I'll be fine with this. Not so much. Um, I really missed him. And then when he would get home, he would have to go to sleep by 8.30 at night. And then he's up at three o'clock in the morning. It started to put a strain on us. And then when things, uh, things unraveled in a not so formal way, it was, um, you know, the person that offered him the job was someone he was really close to and it mangled the relationship um, because the person had, had changed a lot of stuff. And so when he quit the job and started to do Uber, there was this part inside of me going, okay, am I sure this is right? You know, all of those little questions go off because instead of going with your intuition, then you start to question your intuition. You start to question your heart and you start to think, okay, wait, what about all these check boxes? You know, those for sure safe security. Does it, does it fit this check box? Does it fit that check box? And he wasn't fitting all the check boxes, but my heart and my intuition was like, no, I, this is, this is right. This is good. But my, my, masculine side, my logical side, the, the prefrontal cortex was going in going, no, 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 we must check all these boxes and they're not all checked. Um, so we had some struggles around that time. And the amazing part was when we would sit down to talk, it became a healing session for us because I would lay it out completely honestly. He would receive it and he would be honest back. And I knew that this was a great place to start working from because if we can't be honest with each other, well, there's, there's no point in trying to, to learn communication techniques with someone who's, who's not even gonna be honest to begin with. So we started to learn from each other the best ways of communication. I started to learn what things I did or said that would trigger him. Um, and he would allow himself to try to heal from those triggers as, as I would do the same when he would do or say certain things it would trigger me and, and I would allow a space for me to heal those triggers. But we also were cognizant of the, the fact that these triggers were happening for each other and try to not make them come up again. 
Um, so we've learned kind of firsthand how to communicate best. Like, and I realized whenever I went to him that, I mean, I could see it all over his face. You know, he was, he was abandoned a lot in his childhood by mother, father, and, and very close relatives and ended up being adopted by another family at 13. So I could see on his face, I had triggered his abandonment and his fear of abandonment right away. And so we talked about like, how can I, because when I, when I get upset, when you make me mad, I want to be expressive. I'm, I, I'm not going to sit there and go, well, let's sit and talk about this logically. No, I might want to raise my voice a little bit and get a little flustered. Cassandra, tell us about your kids and the and how they feel about some of the work you do and relate to you at this stage of life. Um, so with my work with my kids, you know, telling my kids what I did for work uh, was was a little difficult for me. But fortunately, I have a very open relationship with my children um, and their daughters. So it's a little easier, you know, women to women. Um, but I remember one time at this was about two years into my work, my daughter came to me and she said that her and her um, boyfriend, they were both 17 at the time, um, that she was having a little bit of a struggle having orgasms. I'm going to make sure that she does not listen to this. <laughs> she was struggling a little bit having orgasms. And so I gave her a small little technique to do. And I said, you know, when you're in that zone and you're real and you're feeling like you can't quite get there, I want you to say the word love over and over again in your head. And she's like, okay. So she comes to me about a week later. They had just gone to the Marine ball the night before. And they were like, she goes, ma, I got to tell you about last night. I promise not to be graphic, but just so you know, what you told me really worked. <laughs> and I, I hear my daughter sometimes repeating advice, uh, sexual advice um, that I've given them to some of their friends um, that they're giving advice to. So it's, it's uplifting for me as a mom to know that they're listening and, and they're taking it in. Beautiful. So Cassandra, give us um, how we can reach you and what you have coming up in your work that people can know about and find out. I'm going to be a facilitator at next year's Soli Luna in April of 2023. Mm -hmm. um, and I will be having a book coming out soon. It is a part autobiography and part self-help um, shadow work book because that's how I got to where I am now. And um people can contact me uh, through my website, which is CassandraHope.com, which is C-A-S-A-U-N-D-R-A-H-O-P-E.com. Wow. Beautiful. So wonderful to hear all of the things that are evolving in your life. And I'm so touched and thankful. Really. Look, thank, uh, you. thank you so much for having us on yeah, here. This was, was cool. a my, lot of fun. My first the, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> the, this, this will be very uh, meaningful, relevant, and valuable to our audience to see that there is really hope in the third act of life where people can meet and even if they get drafted to be a grandfather right away and uh, deal with grandchildren it's okay and develop relationship and really build dreams together and be mobile unattached and free so i salute Amazing. you thank you so much for being with us and uh Continue, and we may follow up with you next yeah, we year may get while you're going to be on the road. Uh, we're on the road if you're uh, going to get to we'll, New we'll, England. We'll, 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 that would be we'll, amazing. We'll, oh, that would we'll, be cool. Maybe a year from now or so, God willing, we'll just uh, ask you again how you're making out, how you're managing living in small quarters uh, together. Uh, is it the same as the tent, or is it better, <laughs> or what's going on? Or what oh, it's a lot better. 
the RV is insanely better. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. It's got AC. We're good. <laughs> we love okay, you both. Well, Thank cool you so much. And keep staying warm hearted. You are. Bye-bye. It was great to meet you. Bye. You as well. Bye. Before we summarize this episode, I wanted to tell you about next week, a conversation I had with the most deeply insightful spiritual woman I've ever met. Her name is Esther Jones Alley, and you are sure to learn so much from this interview next week. Well, here you go. Here is an open nesters. <laughs> and, I, and I like the fact that Chris really basically got drafted to be a grandfather right away from from the from the first day of their relationship and they are dreamers they have their dreams set up and they're going to set sail as i call it with an rv and it's a lot of people really dreaming about it right now but they are actually uh, out there they're doing it and they are open nesters and i think of what they were telling us about their experiment with it being in the rainy tent for five days and I'm thinking about how there's no way we would have survived that one. So it just like cracked me up thinking about how I think we could do an RV trip for periods of time. We've tried it, but no, I wouldn't rain be able in a tent. First of no. all, you wouldn't try to do no. anyway. I, I mean, if I, if my life depend on it and I have survivaling things, I can I can be in a tent. But this couple is truly authentic. Yeah, I no, mean, he learned so much from from her. He's been so open, and the idea of. Of, of how he was able to look at his past and how she taught him to open up through her tantric shamanic and sacred work about looking back and bringing love to memory the way he had to go through looking at that that opening. So a lot of little things that we can take from there that. There is something innocent about him, something very unique and naive, somebody that came across and all of a sudden saw this incredible, experienced, beautiful woman, and now he's with her. So I, I can see how, how this relationship can grow for them and how, how, I mean, I like the fact that we can interview all kind of couples on the Open Nessus podcast. It's really unique. They are unique their own way. They're unique because they are uh, so different from each other, came from different backgrounds, and here they are, Open Nesters, doing it, dreaming, unattached, and free. Amen. So with that, I thank you all and hope and want to thank you again for always building our community of open nesters of all the different kinds of stories out there and for getting on our closed Facebook page, which I love the comments coming in there and our Instagram is growing. So if you haven't and if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe and support us and continue to share. Please. And uh, visit our website, theopennesters.com, the double N in the middle, S at the end. We always love to hear your comment, your suggestions. Perhaps you know of someone that will be uh, adding a value to some of our listeners. So please do so. Till next time, this is Amir. And this is Tessa. And we will see you on the next episode. Ciao.